Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Welcome, beloved. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live. I've got to straighten out a little technical thing here. Hold on. See if that works. Uh Uh-oh. It's not working, is it? Okay, then. All right. Um, That's very good. Okay, so apparently I'm on. I don't see it from my end, but we might be able to help that a little bit. Hmm. Um, okay, dear ones, I'm, I'm, I'm adjusting something here. Hold on. No, yeah, hold on a moment, please. Okay. Okay, okay, then we're fine. I don't see me, but maybe you do. It's okay. How are you, everybody? Sorry for the little rough start to the program. Um, God bless you. Dear beloved, I pray that you're well. Um, uh, it's Friday. It, you know, our epiphany uh, from January 6th, the octave of the epiphany was just two days ago. And for us here in Beloit, Kansas, the Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope, are uh, still in the Christmas season until the presentation of the Lord on February 2nd. And we will have our new home on February one and have it in time for our great feast day, which is February 2nd. Um, so we are, we just couldn't be more thrilled. You've all responded so, so, so beautifully. I don't have a total of your assistance, uh, for the new house, but, um, I, I know we're going to buy it. I know we're going to be able to buy it. And uh, then we'll go back to Tulsa and um, we'll move our furniture and then need to divide uh, four rooms in the house. So we still have a little work to do. So um, if you still wish to assist us in any way, um, there's still more to do. And, and we love and appreciate you uh, for that. We have been praying Our Lady of the Victory Novena and um a station of the Cross has posted it um, on the Facebook page, and they have received many, many emails requesting the link. And so the website address is facebook.com slash Mother Miriam Live. Facebook.com slash one word, Mother Miriam Live. Um, and the link to the novena was posted on the 12th, so three days ago. And it is the, the uh, novena to Our Lady of Victory. Today will be the fifth day. And, uh, beloved, if you don't find the novena, just don't worry about it. Just look up any novena to Our Lady of Victory. And if you don't find that, just pray a rosary novena to Our Lady of Victory, who became Our Lady of the Rosary. And if you do have the link, we've been praying the novena followed by the rosary. And so today is day five, but God is outside of time. And if you just started today, it will be effective. It will be effective. God answers our prayers, even retroactively. So it is... um, the novena to Our Lady of Victory for the re-election of President Trump for the next four years. 
don't worry about what the electoral college has done, the courts have done. Don't worry about any of that. God is greater than man, and he loves to receive glory. And so I mentioned early on, about four days ago or five days ago, that he waited until um, the spirit of Lazarus would have been gone from the tomb. They wrapped him in burial cloths and buried him. And the Jewish custom was that the spirit of the soul lingered for about four days. And they begged our Lord to come, but he would not. He waited until after that, that he, that Lazarus would be understood to be dead, dead. And then he went to the tomb and he just simply said, Lazarus, come out. And there came this man all wrapped in bandages and everybody stood there with their mouths open. And he said, well, unwrap him, won't you? Really amazing. And again, I mentioned the blind man and people said, you know, who was it? Was it his sin or his parents' sin that he was born blind? And uh, our Lord said it wasn't for anybody's sin, but that God would receive glory. He loves to receive glory. If Trump had outright won the election, which he did, but there was so much fraud that covered that up. Uh, uh, We may not have understood God's miracle as much as we will um, this January 20th when President Trump uh, gets sworn in again as President of the United States. So am I sure about this? Uh, We walk by faith, not by sight. But our faith tells us that God, nothing's impossible with God. Um, and was it Mother Angelica who said, unless we um, believe the ridiculous or ask for the ridiculous, God won't do the impossible, something like that. Um, let's uh, trust God, beloved. Pray that novena and trust his will. No matter what it is, trust his will. But don't stop praying. Okay, we are going to um, continue today, maybe even finish today, our letter to the Ephesians, which we've been reading. Um, uh, And yesterday we began uh, chapter 5. It has six chapters, and we're coming, the sixth chapter, we're starting today, and so we'll finish it. The sixth chapter is the chapter of our warfare, of our weapons for warfare. It's a perfect chapter for us to read. And I said all of the book of Ephesians should be our New Year's resolutions. All of them, our marching orders, our New Year's resolution. So yesterday, we talked about in chapter 5, that to be subject to one another out of reverence for Christ. You say, but I can't be subject to my husband. You want me, a man, to be subject to my wife? The answer is yes, out of reverence for Christ. There doesn't have to be another motive, but for Christ. Wives, be subject to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself his Savior. Wives, be subject. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. Husbands, if you have a problem laying down your life for your wives, think of what God did when he laid down his life on the cross for his bride, the church, that is us, who were still in our sin and were blind and stupid and didn't even know it. He died for us while we were yet sinners. You are to lay down, husband, 
your life uh, for your wife as Christ did the church. Wives, you are to submit to that man. You are submit in every, to submit in everything but sin. And men, um, God intended wives to submit to a man who will lay down a husband, who will lay down his life for her as Christ did the church. Every woman could submit to that kind of love. And that is the love that God intended a wife to submit to. And then he goes to children and parents. Children, chapter 6, Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. That it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. It's the only of the Ten Commandments with a promise for long life on earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And if you're not sure how to do that, fathers, read the book of Proverbs. Read the book that um, was written to um, uh, the author's son. Read that. Children are parents in the Lord, for this is right. You can You can judge whether you think they're right or wrong, but that is immaterial. It has nothing to do with your obedience. Your obedience does not come from whether you judge your parents to be right or wrong. It comes from God's commandment to obey your parents in the Lord. Why? Because it's right. That's why. Honor your father and mother. It's the first commandment with a promise. So, that you would live a long life. It may be well with you, and that you may live long on the earth. And fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Love them, fathers. Be respectful toward them. Be respectful toward your wife. Archbishop Shap, who I mentioned yesterday, said the greatest gift a father could give his children is to love their mother. That's it. And that's what you need to do, to bring your children up in the Lord. Let them imitate your love, your faith, your good and kind and gentle behavior that you have through a strong heart. And then slaves and masters. Slaves, now we may not have too many slaves today, but think of employees. Think of uh, anyone who works for anyone else. Slaves, be obedient to those who are your earthly matters, masters. Now, in all things, including with parents, <clears throat> the obedient goes to the limit of what might be sin. You never give in to sin. You don't give in children to your parents' sin. And parents, you don't give in to your children's sin. Um, and uh, the same thing with slaves and masters. Slaves, be obedient to those who are your earthly masters with fear and trembling in singleness of heart as to Christ, not in the way of eye service as men pleasers, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same again from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. And masters do the same to them and forbear threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven and that there is no partiality with God. There's the music for our break, beloved. We'll be right back after the first break and take your calls after the second break. Don't go away.
Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is in a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. Join us here on the Station of the Cross for the Liturgy of the Hours at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern with the Office of Readings read at 3 o'clock. In the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 18, verse 20, Jesus tells us, Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The Liturgy of the Hours is also known as the Divine Office and is the daily prayer of the Church. So you know you'll be uniting your prayer with priests, religious, and laity throughout the world. It's comprised of small reflections, readings from sacred scripture, and writings from saints and theologians. To learn more about the Liturgy of the Hours, visit thestationofthecross.com. That's thestationofthecross.com. Pray with us each day at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live, and we are reading through the second, the last portion of the last chapter of the book of Ephesians, which St. Paul wrote to the church he founded in Ephesus um, uh, while he's in chains on house arrest in Rome, and he's talked to parents to mothers, to fathers, to children. And he says to everyone now, these are Christians. These are Christians being persecuted. These are Jews who have come to believe in the Messiah, being persecuted by Jews who don't believe in the Messiah. Um, And he says, finally, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. That's for us today, beloved. That's why I say the book of Ephesians should be our New Year's resolutions. And of course, New Year's for Catholics begins uh, with Advent. But this is the secular New Year when most people tend to make New Year's resolutions. And whether you've made them or not, dear ones, this is a book to live by. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we are not contending against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the powers, against the world rulers of this present darkness, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. 
Therefore, take the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Okay, now, this is the armor of God, beloved, and you're going to need it today, especially with the election coming up, because uh, evil has planned riots in every single state and major city of the country, um, and um, regardless of who gets in office. So um, the National Guard is gearing up and all of that. And you need to know how to fight this fight as a Christian, beloved, as a Christian. Stand, Paul says, stand, therefore, stand, don't move, stand, stand, therefore, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the equipment of the gospel of peace above all taking the shield of faith with which you can quench all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, the word of God, beloved book of Hebrews says is able to pierce and, and uh, divide the sinews uh, and intentions of the heart. Paul says, pray at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. And to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me, Paul says, that utterance may be given me in opening my mouth boldly while he's in chains, chained to a guard, opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Paul said, I don't care uh, if I'm among faithful Christians or among faith-denying Romans or Jews that don't believe that my life is threatened. It just doesn't matter. I have been called to preach the gospel, the good news of Christ the Messiah to the world. Uh, and especially to the Gentiles. Paul went into the synagogue to preach to the Jews, and he was stoned and thrown out, and so many, so many uh, atrocities done to him. And so he was appointed the, the apostle to the Gentiles, and Peter, St. Peter, the apostle to the Jewish people. Uh, excuse me. And it doesn't matter if he's in chains, if he's tied up, if he's beaten, it doesn't matter. He's not going to stop doing his mission, and neither should we. No matter what happens, stand therefore. I'm just going to read this one more time. Stand therefore, having girded your loins with truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the equipment of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith which with which <clears throat> with which you can quench all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of god 
Pray at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, Paul says, that utterance may be given me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. I am an ambassador for Christ, though I'm in chains. I'm under arrest, but I need to fulfill my calling, and I need to speak the gospel no matter what. Let them put me to death. Then I may not be able to speak, except the blood of martyrs is the seed of the faith, so I'll speak through my death. Just as Hebrews says, the blood of Abel is still speaking to us from heaven. And he says, now that you also may know how I am and what I'm doing, Tychius, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. So he's sending this letter through Tychius or Tychius. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. Pardon me. Because there was no internet, there was no phone service then. So he sent a brother in the faith um, to the Galatians, uh, rather to the Ephesians, with this letter. And he ends to say, Peace be to the brethren, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love undying. Beloved, that's the only way to live the faith. It is the only way to fulfill your mission. You've been given the gospel. God has saved you from the corruption of the world. You have been saved. You are being saved. You're in the process of sanctification. And you will be saved um, the day you enter heaven. That is glorification. Once saved, always saved. Because you're not fully saved until glorification. And then nothing can rob you. From the grace of Christ, absolutely nothing. You're in heaven, you're alive with Christ forever, but until that point, God has given us free will. We have no free will if we're not free. Uh, We're free to follow him. That's the freedom God gave us, but that means we are also have the human freedom, not God-given freedom to turn from him, but the human freedom to turn from him, as did Adam and Eve. So we need to cling to him. We need to cling close to him to be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. You say, I don't know if I'm attacked. I don't know if I could face anything. I I don't know what I could. I don't know that I'd have the courage, the strength of his might. And, you know, we can those things. Some people say, I will. I'll come and kill me. It doesn't matter. And they turn out to be the cowards at the end when their life is threatened. And those who are trembling and fear, they turn out to be the ones that stand strong sometimes and say, I will not deny Christ. Do with me what you wish. I won't deny him. Put on the whole armor of God. You cannot fight without the armor. King David did. No, he didn't. He put on Saul's armor, I should say. He put on Saul's armor, and it was it was so heavy, he couldn't walk, he couldn't stand, so he took it off. And he went to meet the giant Goliath with his slingshot and a little stone. And with that, he killed the giant. But he was under God's protection and rather skilled with that little stone. 
Um, but we must put on the armor of God, not a silver um, bulletproof vest or anything like that, but um, because um, uh, without it, uh, Paul says we won't be able to stand against the wiles, the schemes of the devil, because we're not contending against flesh and blood. We're contending against principalities, powers, against the rulers of this present darkness, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. That's the army of demons, beloved. All of that, principalities, powers, rulers of this present darkness, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places, those are Satan's army. It's likely that Satan will never confront you directly. Um, we're too little. He confronts um, uh, presidents and kings and all of that. And he's behind this, um, uh, the evil that's happening today. But we are assigned, we're assigned an angel the, from the moment of conception by God. But Satan also assigns us a demon. And he tries to trip us up our entire life. So... Uh, all those words, powers, principalities, world rulers of the present darkness, spiritual hosts of wickedness, those are all titles for demons, beloved. And we cannot fight against them. Therefore, Paul says, take up the whole, not part, the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all um, to stand Am I confident that I can stand against demonic attacks? No. Have I had demonic attacks? Oh, yes, I have. Can I stand against them? Not in my own power. I'm too weak. I'd be too fearful. No way. I, I once, with what was going on, almost had a heart attack. The, the fright is so huge. But in Christ, I can stand. In Christ, I can stand. And he says, therefore... Um, uh, the whole armor of God, having done all to stand, put on the armor of God, and Christ will stand in you. Stand, therefore, having girded your loins with truth. You know, when the Israels, Israelites escaped from Egypt, God told them to gird up their loins, pick up their uh, long tunics so they don't trip on them. We need to gird up anything that's... That, that is going to hold us back from the race. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness, that is Christ. Having put on Christ, having become his, we have his righteousness, not our miserable sinfulness. But now we have his righteousness. This is the armor of a soldier, the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate stops the darts going into the body. And God's righteousness is our breastplate. Having shod your feet with the equipment of the gospel of peace, whatever you need on your feet to run this race. Um, above all, the shield of faith. You have the blessed breastplate of righteousness. I'm not talking straight. And then you have the shield that you defend yourself with. And that's the shield of faith. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The word of God um, is able to pierce the thoughts and intentions of any heart. It's able to convert the soul. You can say, get thee behind me, Satan, and the enemy uh, will cower under that. You could say the name of Jesus Christ and Mary, and they will cower under that. They cannot stand the name of Jesus and Mary. Name they cannot stand. So have the word of God. Um, 
and you will defeat uh, the enemy of the soul. There's the music for our break, beloved, and we'll take your calls, your texts, your emails right after the break. Call in toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. This is Mother Miriam. How would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests? You can tune in to Sermons for Everyday Living every day at 6 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. You can listen on thestationofthecross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. God bless you. Praise be to Jesus. Hi, this is Joe McLean, host of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show, joining you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We'll keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and breaking news stories of the day. That's the Catholic Drive Time, weekday morning, 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. We'll see you then. May God love you. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our half hour together. And call in with anything on your heart. You know it does not need to be our subject. The heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. Um, and so anything at all on your heart, call in one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. Um, we have an email from Paul. Paul says, Mother, why is there such little outrage over newly created, uh, fairly newly created, Cardinal Wilton Gregory's allowance for President-elect Biden to receive the Holy Eucharist when he knows full well that he is in violation of the tenets of the Church, especially on the moral teachings and the faith as a whole? Should not Cardinal Gregory 
um, should not Cardinal Gregory risk being excommunicated if he persists in this practice? God bless you, Mother Paul. I agree with you, Paul. I, I cannot tell you why there is not more outrage about that. Um, Cardinal Burke has spoken clearly. It's against canon law. Uh, no one that believes in abortion um, can uh, receive the Eucharist. No one who um, believes in same-sex marriage, which President-elect Biden does. No one who uh, believes a number of things he does um, should receive communion. And he is in grave sin, President-elect Biden, for receiving communion. And so is Cardinal Wilton Gregory for giving him communion. So, um, what God does with Cardinal Gregory, I don't know. There's been a few comments on Cardinal Gre- Gregory uh, for doing this, for acting against the church and against his calling and vocation. Um, uh, there has been little, I'm afraid, not a lot. There's been very little. A couple of news articles, a couple of people speaking about it, but very, very little. Why there's not an outrage, I think the f- people are just grown silent. Uh, they've just grown silent. Um, people, including our bishops, are just afraid to speak out for one reason or another. And it's something I don't ever understand because to protect ourselves through silence, and uh, it was Edmund Burke who said the only thing needed for evil to prevail is for good men to remain silent. Good men are remaining silent. And... Um, I don't know how they can. I don't know how they could protect themselves at the risk of the loss and damnation of so many souls. I'll, I don't know that I'll ever understand that. Uh, I just cannot. I just cannot. So I agree with you. We have another email from someone who writes in anonymously and says, Hello, Mother. I'm so glad you decided to talk on modesty because I've been very conflicted lately. I have a desire to dress modestly to please God, but my husband dislikes my modest dress. He finds modest clothes baggy and frumpy, and then I don't feel attractive to my husband. I don't know how to feel. Well... I've come across this before. You can dress modestly without being baggy and frumpy. Absolutely, you can. Um, If you uh, still wear pants, they don't have to be skin tight, nor do they have to be baggy. Get yourself attractive slacks that fit well, that are tailored, that don't hug your skin. Just get yourself a good pair of pants. My, My... Uh, heart would say don't wear pants at all just wear a skirt and a skirt it does not have to be baggy or frumpy it has to be uh, long at least mid-calf at least below your knees when you sit but uh, nothing needs to be I I had a friend once who really fought this she was wearing short skirts everything tight a a good Catholic and she really came against me for it um, she's, and she said the same thing. I have a husband to please. Uh, mother, you're not married. I have a husband to please. Well, I do. I am married to our Lord, and I do have a husband to please, uh, our Lord. Um, but I understand that. But I, I urged her that there are ways with long skirts to be very beautiful and modest and attractive. And now... Um, 
she dresses so, and her husband is just fine with it. So um, you, uh, it's better to offend your husband than the Lord. It's better to offend your husband than the Lord. Do not defend, do not offend your Lord. And just say to your husband, sweetheart, um, we love God, and neither you or I would do anything to offend him. But we have to allow each other to live according to our consciences. To me, this is immodest and offensive to God. I know you don't like it, but um, it's easier for you to accept it and put up with it than for me to Uh, stand in front of God knowing that I'm offending him. I cannot do that. Um, And dear one, if you were going to offend God, I asked you to do something that would offend God. You wouldn't do it either. You should not. Um, We should not offend God. And so, um, again, you don't need to wear baggy, frumpy clothes. Just dress modestly. Um, It doesn't have to be skin tight. Uh, it just needs to be modest. If you're not sure what modest clothes is, uh, go to a Latin church, a Latin parish, and you'll see what modesty is. Uh, look online for modest clothing, modest dress. Many, many uh, websites speak about that, about purity and modesty. Um, and um, the popes have spoke about it, spoken about it, um, as far as not uh, wearing anything two inches below the neck, uh, that nothing is lower than two inches below the neck. You don't wear anything sleeveless, uh, nothing above the knee, uh, nothing tight. I'm, I'm, I remember the guidelines. We still have so many of our things in Tulsa. We're going to go back uh, hopefully within a week and bring them here and then we have to unpack the carton so I don't have my book on modesty but the Pope Pius XI um, uh, Pope uh, Pius XII um, so many John Paul so many spoke about modesty and gave guidelines you can follow them very well without being frumpy and baggy and unattractive but do follow them We have an email from Charlene, um, who writes, Dear Mother Miriam, I belong to St. Paul Vincent, uh, St. Vincent de Paul Society through our church in Massachusetts. I keep wondering, when we serve the poor, am I judging when we serve couples who are living together unmarried along with children looking for help with rent, food, and other goods? It bothers me that they are living in sin and some don't recognize the church only looking for help. Thank you, Charlene. Charlene, I agree with you. If they need food and clothing and they're living together, they need to, um, I don't know, this is a hard one. If they're starving, we want to feed them, not preach morality to them first. But we need to work with them. We can give them food and clothing. Um... But we need to not keep them in that lifestyle. We can give them that, and we need to say to them, we're giving this to you in the name of our Lord Christ, but um, we are not able to continue to help you unless you are willing to honor God 
We will help you live separately. We will help you get two different apartments. We will help you with the children. We will help you connect with social services or shelters or anything else. But you cannot continue to live in sin because then we'll be helping you do that. So I would give them food and help them and give them that message and say, don't say thanks a lot, be warm and filled, but say we will help you and 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 do help them because that's what St. Vincent de Paul Society does. Um, bring them there. Uh, you may help the Paul through your church in Massachusetts, but then bring them to St. Vincent de Paul and, and connect them with people. <coughs> who can help them get into separate houses, help them um, be right with God. Don't just leave them uh, living in that situation because they won't be helped. And they will not only continue to live in sin, but they'll never get out of that circumstance. We have an email from Francina. Dear Mother Miriam, um, at 3 degrees centigrade, 37.4 Fahrenheit, It is a cold Christmas morning here in Germany. I'm only 10 minutes away from our local church, and so I walked with happy feet towards it as the bells pealed through the chilly air. Oh, I wish our bells pealed here. I was three minutes early, but I did not see anyone coming. At the door, I saw two masked women who asked me if I had an invitation. Oh, no. I said no. Here I am still thinking the church bells were the invitation to come to Mass for all uh, laities. Now, isn't that a silly thought? Church bells would be an invitation. My goodness. I was not allowed to enter because I did not have a registration. The German lady was indignant as she reprimanded me for not doing a registration online. I told her, that it is not very Christian. She told me they were sorry in a very non-Christian way, to put it lightly. I told her, God bless you, and walked away, distraught. Still, I saw no one coming in. What has become of our church today? Empty and sad, and yet those who come are not allowed to enter. Mother, did I commit a mortal sin by not attending Mass today? I will go tomorrow. Or as soon as I am allowed, I missed the chance of gaining indulgence because the baby Jesus has a gatekeeper. That is, in itself, heartbreaking. Thank you for reading my email. May God's love, mercy, and protection through the passion and death of Jesus be upon you today and all the days of your life. Have a blessed Christmas, Mother Miriam Francina. Francina, dear one, that is an awful story. I unfortunately understand it. Those masked gatekeepers were awful, truly awful. Um, If that is your normal church, I don't know why you did not know you needed to register online. Uh, When I was in Tulsa, I needed to register online for our community, not for pretty much Sunday Masses were so filled, not during the week, but Sunday Masses were so filled, and they went from two to four, but they were so filled because people could only come every other row, especially on Christmas, that we had to sign up online so the pastor could know that he could spread us out and everybody could attend who wanted to. We had to register. 
I don't know why, Francina, you were not able to register. Maybe you ignored it and didn't think you had to. Um, uh, you don't say here you didn't have a computer. Uh, nothing of that sort. So uh, I don't know if you could have registered before you left Mass the previous Sunday. I don't know why you didn't register, but uh, churches are sticking to that. They are absolutely sticking to that. And so um, um, you could holler at the women at the door with masks or the gatekeeper, men or women with masks, but they uh, have a job to do and they, they cannot make exceptions even though you don't see people entering the church. It's an awful situation. It is not due to COVID. It is due to bishops not protecting the faith. No government has the right to tell a bishop or priest to close the, ch- close the churches, and no cardinal, bishop, or priest has any duty to come under the government that way. Cardinal Burke has said that is not a man-made law to attend church on Sunday. It is a divine law, and no human being, including no bishop, no one can thwart negate divine law that is god's law no church should be closed i'm sorry you experienced that francina it is an awful time and i would say if you're able to sign up online at least do that okay beloved there's the music for our break it'll be our last segment our lines are wide open and feel free to call in toll free 1-877-511-5483 We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day. And we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustained Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustain life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations Thank you for helping to save the culture. Each weekday from 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern, the Station of the Cross brings you Mother Miriam Live. Mother Miriam is a Catholic nun on a mission to bring Jesus and a message of hope to a world that has lost its way. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam, and I am thrilled to welcome you to Mother Miriam Live. As always, you're going to be able to call, text, or email whatever your questions are. Through a partnership between the Station of the Cross and LifeSite News, you will be able to listen and watch Mother Miriam Live on YouTube and Facebook at the Station of the Cross, including past episodes on podcasts. God bless you. Listen on your local Station of the Cross affiliate and our free iCatholic Radio mobile app, or watch the Mother Miriam Live video stream on Facebook and YouTube by searching The Station of the Cross. That's Mother Miriam Live each weekday from 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern on The Station of the Cross. 
Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, dear ones. Um, This is our last segment, and our lines are wide open. You're welcome to call in with anything on your heart. Uh, Toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We finished an email uh, from Francina, or Francina. Um, She's from the Philippines, and was um, not allowed to go to her church on a Sunday because um, uh, they had to pre-register online, and she didn't do that, and she was kept out. And she sent a little P.S. She said, by the way, I'm Filipino. I come from a place where almost 90% of the population are practicing Catholics, and most families have devotions to our Blessed Virgin Mary. Praying the rosary in my community is as easy as breathing, and the praying of the Angelus is almost second nature. We even have a countdown mass for Christmas Day. We call it Simbag Gabi. I'm sure I didn't pronounce that right, meaning midnight mass. And she said they pray a nine-day novena uh, prior to Christmas, right up to Christmas. Um, and then after the Mass, the whole church would sing Silent Night to the Child Jesus in the manger, and there would be fireworks and so much merrymaking. And she said, every road leads to the church. Every road leads to the church. Can you imagine that? Oh, I just, all streets lead to the church. Oh, my goodness. That's when the world was Catholic. And I'll tell you, I know you're not um, You might not even be listening now, Francina, but if cardinal sin were still in the Philippines, uh, you would not have mask um, gatekeepers at the church. The churches would be open. We have an email from Kathy who writes, Hello, Mother Miriam. I suffer with PTSD. I'm so sorry, Kathy. Major depression and suicidal ideations for most of my life. I say the Divine Chaplet daily, and I talk to God constantly throughout my day. When I'm triggered and or have a flashback, it can be overwhelming. I just started back at work part-time a week ago at a fast food place, and I dissociate often when I'm overwhelmed and or triggered, but but I look normal. No one would know I suffer from PTSD. I work with a lot of younger people who are very cold and rude. I'm doing my best. What is the best way to deal with people who are young, cold, and cruel during my workday? The managers are just the same. Oh, Kathy, that's awfully, awfully, awfully hard. Um <clears throat> Um, you know, Kathy, uh, I had that experience. I actually was a waitress in a restaurant um, looking into the Catholic Church. And the people were on drugs, the waitresses, drugs, some out of jail, young and disrespectful and all of that. 
and they would use our Lord's name in vain all the time. And I, I kept quiet for the first two weeks I was there, and then I had a plan. And every time I heard our Lord's, Lord's name used in vain, I would say, oh, I love him. And they'd look at me and they'd say, who? What are you talking about? I said, I love him. They said, who? I said, I love Jesus Christ. They said, what are you talking about? I said, well, you just said his name. No, I, oh, you, oh, come on. Are you one of those religious fanatics? I said, no, I love God, but I love his name. They keep saying it. And every time they did, I say, thank you. I love him. Well, they got so disgusted with my saying that they stopped saying his name. And they began to be more respectful toward me. And they watched their language around me. It was amazing. But I'm not saying, Kathy, you could do that. It's just a wonderful past memory of my life. But I would say, sweetheart, never let down your guard. Hold on. This is where you put on the full armor of God that I spoke about earlier today. Um... And the breastplate of righteousness, um, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, the helmet of salvation, um, and uh, the um, uh, faith. I forget what that breastplate of faith, um, shield of faith. Um, This is when you do that, Kathy. The way you deal with people who are young, cold, and cruel is by speaking kindness to them. Speak to them as if you were Christ. No matter what they say to you, say you can ignore it with a kind face. You can say thank you. You can answer them politely. Never get angry. Pour Christ's kindness on them. And it will stop. It will stop. Just pour his kindness on them and forgive them. Uh, I don't know what your PTSD Um, a major depression, suicidal ideations for most of your life. I I could take some guesses, Kathy, but I don't know what it's from. But I'm hoping you've had counseling. But I also, and maybe some medication to help, I also want to say, if you haven't done this, dear Kathy, whatever happened to you uh, as a child, because you said you've had this most of your life, post-traumatic stress disorder, um, it's 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 it means you suffered an awful trauma, or one or more. And I would say the biggest thing you can do, sweetheart, to help is to forgive whoever did that to you. To forgive. Do they deserve it? No. Have they uh, ruined your life in great measure? Of course. But you need to forgive them. Why? Because God in Christ has forgiven you who had nothing to do with that. He's forgiven you for other things. Um, You must forgive them. And you must ask God to convert them and heal them and save them. And then, again, um, get some help with the PTSD, PTSD, which you probably have gotten. And uh, spend most of your time giving thanks to God. When you're at the fast food place and these young people who have not been raised correctly uh, are cold and cruel, I have come across that myself, Um, uh, answer them kindly um, and give thanks to God that you're not 
cold and cruel that you you don't have to answer them the same way they speak to you <clears throat> that you have Christ when people come against me for whatever reason falsely accuse me uh, rightly accuse me whatever they do i say blessed lord thank you that you have saved me thank you that i have faith thank you that i believe thank you that i have your peace thank you that i have you to come to my heart is full of gratitude and that saves me it keeps me at peace if i have to make corrections i will but um when someone comes against me with hostility my response is oh i'm so sorry you have to do that i'm so sorry you have such hatred i don't say it to them i think it in my heart and i say lord thank you for giving me your spirit for giving me your grace paul says <clears throat> This is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus, that in all things, including bad things, we give him thanks. In all things, even things that are bad, we give him thanks. Because he, to those who love him, he works all things together for good. Not for everybody, but the verse says, our Lord works all things together for good to those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. I will pray for you, Kathy. God bless you. Denise, I see you're on the line, but we won't be able to take your call today. I'm so sorry, dear one. Um, God bless you. And as far as a vaccine question, I simply say stay away from that vaccine. Uh, and we can talk more about it on Monday. Have a blessed weekend. God bless you all. <laughs> 